Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Folks, we're so excited about going through the book of Psalms. We started this study, and uh, the whole idea and concept behind it was we we're going to call it Songs in the Night because Psalms are songs. Uh, we, we talked about how to this day, to this day, people sing Psalms. We know our Jewish friends sing Psalms. We such beautiful work going on, and, and our whole idea has been to take this scenic view, not to get into every single word, not to pull out the Hebrew or the different languages, and but to take a scenic view of what the psalm is saying to people and looking at it from a perspective of people with hurting hearts and PTSD and trying to help people with hurting hearts and PTSD, trying to get to a point. And I, that's what I like so much about yesterday's podcast with Pastor Miller is uh, just those simple points, you know, simple points for the day. You know, we can remember going through the day, a few simple points. You know, that's something we can say, you know, was I humble when I just did that? You know, am I holding my heart for God? Am I am I taking it to the right place? And is my hope with God for the future? And those are big questions as we go through this world today. And uh, so with me, as always, my friend and co-host, Stephanie Wesco, uh, just about to release her new CD on Apple Music, on uh, uh, Spotify, and all the music places around the world. Uh, directed and produced by the big right-hander from Connecticut, and uh, we'll get that puppy out there pretty soon. So uh, (laughs) you want to make sure you hear it. We're going to play a different song for you every day. So, Stephanie, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Doug. I am doing well. Um, I'm enjoying trying to enjoy summer because I hate cold, but I'm not sure if I hate cold or humidity worse. (laughs) So Yeah, today's a... Um, I, I hate, yeah. I do not do well with cold, so I'm trying to treasure summer before it decides to go bye-bye. <laughs> I'm ready for it to go, but I live in South Carolina, and that's God's country, so it stays pretty warm here year-round. Hot and humid. Yeah. I came up the hill this morning, ran that last mile coming up out of six, and boy, I tell you, I came down around this corner, and I had to wring my T-shirt out in the backyard where no one could see me, slip it back on, and come in the house. Because I was afraid I was going to rub up against something and leave that sweat spot. But hey, what am I doing talking about that? But anyway, <laughs> I'm glad things are going well. Pastor Miller's with us again. Pastor Miller, how's things going for you? Oh, good. It's a beautiful day because we're inside out of the heat and humidity. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, South Carolina has it. So, Pastor Miller, I, and even before we read this verse, I, 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 I always think of questions for you and then I don't ask them. It, it, it's bad. All right, but one thing. One thing you've learned as a Christian, one thing that you would have to say to everybody about being a Christian, what would that be? About becoming a Christian or, or being a Christian? Being a Christian. Or stay in the Word of God every day. If, mm. As soon as you get alert enough to be able to retain what you can read, yeah. go there and look for one treasure about God, something that caused you to praise Him, to love Him more, to thank Him. Mm. One thing about God. Yeah. That's the one thing right there. It's just a habit about God, that one thing. So here we are. We have a, you might be a knucklehead, and we're with Stephanie this morning. So Stephanie, the not knuckleheaded moment, you might be a knucklehead if. 
Well, Doug, you might be a knucklehead if you take pleasure in bringing other people pain and discomfort. Mm. Wow. Well, you look that up on Google right now and you'd see a picture of knuckleheads because I think that's absolutely right. Yes. And, uh, you know, folks, something should come out of our life that lasts eternal. And, uh, and that should be prayer. Prayer lasts eternal. You know, our name may not be hooked up, but that's okay. It's not about us. It's about God. Another thing out of our life that can be eternal is when we go out and share the gospel and God does an eternal work for somebody. So um, I don't think that has anything to do with hurting people. I think both of those things help people. Prayer sharing the gospel with people, uh, knowing that God has an eternal bend on those things, that there's a special uh, bond uh, that, that God gives to those who go out and share the gospel. There's a special bond that, uh, that you have with your communication back and forth with God. Um, you know, the Lord talks about those who share the gospel and, and, and going forth and weeping, and, and constantly he's talking about sowing the wonderful feet, uh, he's talking about those who communicate through prayer with him. And, and, uh, I think those things are important. So yeah, Doug, I, you yeah. know, just along that line, uh, I tell people, if you're going to live for eternity, there's three things that last for eternity. Are you going to invest in them? And people get this look, what's the, the only three things that are eternal in the universe? Well, first of all, God's word. Yeah. It uh, never pass away. Peter says, and then uh, souls, people, they're mm -hmm. eternal. And so are we investing the word of God into their lives? And God and his works are eternal. And so yeah. the, investing our lives in those three things is investing in eternity. Yes. Boy, that's good. Boy, that's good. And so then books that are right with God. So I'll take the one today. And I, I hate to embarrass Stephanie in this way, but, you know, we're going through books. I love Stephanie's book. I read it 37 times to well editing and don't read it and say Doug missed <laughs> this because I did. And we had a professional yeah. editor too. So yeah, I, I did. I missed a period and I, I capitalized oh, no. something that shouldn't have been capitalized. I see it every time I read it, but here's the deal. Here's the deal. Uh, I love that book to die is gain finding abundant life and death. Just in that name, it doesn't make any sense. It almost seems like an oxymoron and it is to the world, but it isn't with God. So get out and get Stephanie's book. It's out there on Amazon, self-explanatory, to die is gain, find an abundant life in death. So here we are. We're in the mm -hmm. book of Psalms. We're in uh, Psalm number 132. Lord, remember David and all his afflictions, how he swore unto the Lord and vowed unto the mighty God of Jacob. Surely I will not come into the tabernacle of my house, nor go up into my bed. I will not give sleep to mine eyes or slumber to my eyelids until I find out a place for the Lord, a habitation for the mighty God of Jacob. Lo, we heard of it in Ephrathah. No, am I reading that right? Ephrathah. Yeah, I did it right. Bethlehem area. Yeah. We found it in the fields of wood. You know, I just got to break down and get reading glass. I got to be up front with you. All right. <laughs> I just, I, I've been saying that for a while. You must I, be over 40. Yeah. <laughs> Look, uh, so, and, and here we go in verse number seven. It said, we will go into his tabernacles and we will worship at his footstool. Arise, O Lord, into thy rest thou in the ark of thy strength. Let thy priest be clothed with righteousness, clothed with righteousness. And look what it says, and let thy saints shout mm, for joy. Yeah. 
Make but, a loud noise is what yeah, that word means. Yeah, not stupidly shout, but just amen. Praise God. You know, yeah. look what God has done for us. So uh, we're going to go with Pastor Miller first. We're going to go with age before beauty. and uh, That's so, so true. So <laughs> I just turned 73 this uh, week. Well, you look good for 73. I was thinking you were like 30. Yeah, oh, so yeah. yeah. I don't, you can't get any money out of me that way by all right, flattery. All right. <laughs> <laughs> what are you thinking, brother, as we looked here at Psalm 30, oh, 132? Well, it, once again, the psalmist is asking the Lord Jehovah to remember something. And there's two things here. Remember David's afflictions. You know, oftentimes people say, well, I went through all of this and nobody even knows I went through it or nobody remembers it and I keep remembering it. Let me tell you, God remembers every affliction you've experienced. In fact, he, Jesus has suffered all types of afflictions you've suffered. And so all his afflictions, David, and then remember his vow. That's the two things he says in here. He says, remember his affliction and then remember his vow in verse 2. And the vow was that he was wanted to make a house for God. He says, I've got a house. But God doesn't have a house to dwell in, and that's how this thing fleshes out toward the end is God's habitation in Zion. That's what it's about, the house of God, his dwelling place. Amen. Giving God his rightful place and, and uh, having him having that house, having him be in the house. Now, Stephanie, as we went through those first nine verses there in Psalm 132, what came, with, what came to your mind? Well, um, when I was reading through this last night, I was challenged. The verse, honestly, that challenged me in this first section was um, four and five. I will not give sleep to mine eyes or slumber to mine eyelids until I have found out until I find out a place for the Lord and habitation for the mighty God of Jacob. And what I see here um, that really stuck out to me last night was the fact that David's David had a zeal to serve the Lord. Mm. And it consumed him to the point of, I can't even sleep because I'm so consumed by this. And it was his heart. It, it was his driving force. Um, and that even though God, you know, we know from the story of David, God didn't give David the privilege of building the, the temple. It was his son Solomon. David did all he could to prepare. By faith, he prepared. By faith, he did everything he could do because that was a burden God had put on his heart and he wanted to make a difference. And I guess that's what I see here is David had a zeal to make a difference, not for himself. This had nothing to do with him. This had to do with the fact that he wanted to glorify the Lord and it consumed him so much in this realm. He wasn't going to even sleep um, until until he had gotten a hold of God and almost the idea of Jacob of I'm not going to let you go, God. And the just the consuming passion that he had, that really stood out to me. Yeah, and it stands out to me as well. Just worried about worship, you know, worried about having God's having, God having the rightful place. And, you know, sometimes I guess uh, when we look backwards, when we look at history and we go, we go back thousands of years, and, and, and we try to equate that into today's situation. So we, we know there's an ark. We know that, uh, you know that they go to the tabernacle, that they, they do this, but it's not all the time. It's not on a regular basis. There's still stuff going on. There's still a temple. There's still places where people are meeting. And, 
And, you know, here's the psalmist saying, boy, we need the rightful place. We need the rightful worship. I, I was looking at this and, and just coming to my mind, talking about worshiping at his footstool. Just, uh, you know, worship is, so let me, let me say this to you, Pastor, and I, I'm glad you're here to hear this because I'd love your response. I had a guy tell me one time, he said, you know, my worship is so high and mighty, I'm looking God eye to eye. Oh, wow. And, oh. I, and I said, brother, you might be looking at somebody, but you're not looking at God eye to eye. eye, to eye. No, so, so this is what I'm thinking, Pastor Miller. So I, I think worship, what does worship look like that helps us in our relationship with God? What does that worship look like? Well, recently I preached a message uh, at our church that we worship God with our body, yeah. with our minds, with the, the gifts he's given us and our responses. That's all in Romans 12. And I, I heard the sermon. It was good. Yeah. yeah. And so when we think of worshiping God, it's not me making myself equal with God like that guy was saying. I mean, there's an intimacy with God. He's in our hearts. And so we do get to experience him in our hearts because that's what David was saying. He wanted to prepare a place for the Shekinah glory of God, a tabernacle. Do you realize today, as believer, I'd have to ask people, that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so there is an intimacy of that, but are we preparing our bodies to properly worship, our mind inside, our heart? Worship comes from the word worth mm. and ship. And worth it has to do in Scripture, in the Greek, uh, idea of equality or equivalent. Now, you have a scale. Uh, we have one of these scales, you know, you see uh, that is a balanced scale. And yes, you sir. put so much weight on one side, and then you put equal weight, and it balances out. And what our praise and thanksgiving and esteem of how great God is and how good he is ought to weigh equally to really his own person. Mm. He's great. He's good. But is our zeal, like Stephanie said, and our enthusiasm and our giving our body, our minds, our souls, everything to give him worth, is it equal to really his worth? Yeah. And that's the equivalent deal that she's talking about. God is so good and great. We ought to have a weighty intensity of passion yeah. and enthusiasm humbly before him, but shouting his glory. Amen. Amen. And, and I think, you know, I, I like what you're saying here is, you know, I think sometimes Christianity today gets off balance in a lot of different areas and that we have a responsibility to get it right. Yeah. And, and if we lose a balance in our relationship with God because we want to add more of man and worship gets that way sometimes. I've, the, the imbalance can yeah. be it's all intellectual or yeah. it's all will. Yep. Or it's all emotions. There it is. But it should be all of those in a balance. Yeah. And and you know what? The, the Spirit of God should minister to our spirit when we're involved in worship. We should we should have that feeling that everything's working right. Mm. You know, years ago I was in I went to school, obviously high school like everybody else. And part of that I took this uh, cabinet maker. I was a carpenter track. And they had mechanic traction. You had to go through different things. And I remember going through the mechanic thing. And one thing, and Pastor Miller will remember this. Stephanie will not. But back in the old day, they had points. And 
Spock plugs weren't necessarily as great. Lubrication Distribu- and distributor ca- caps. And- they weren't great. <laughs> well, and, and sometimes you would have a car running on like seven cylinders. Sometimes, you know, eight cylinder car. And sometimes you'd have it running on like five cylinders. Yeah. And boy, you could, it had no movement to it. It felt sluggish. It was just awkward. It was terrible. You know, uh, but that's how a relationship with God gets bogged down. When it's not running on all cylinders. When it's not God's number one. My goal here is to bring honor and glory to him through this worship. My goal here is to have my heart and emotions in it, but not in an unbalanced way where it's all about emotions, crying, running down the aisle, going crazy. I don't, I don't see that as worship. I see that when all eight cylinders, when you're hitting, when that engine's going down the road perfectly at 55 miles an hour, it's the same way with your spirit. Your spirit ministers to you. The Holy Spirit of God, God's spirit ministers to you, your spirit, and says, you know what? This is the right place. Yeah, our thoughts, our emotion, and our will are all firing. Yeah. And ascribing to God the worth of his being. Yeah. So, Stephanie, you're a musician of the highest order, and uh, and you're... You hang out with me, so that that gives you something there to think about. So you you got both sides are bad. All right, you got me running around singing an old Willie Nelson song. Yeah, we talked about humility, brother. Be careful. No, that's what I'm saying. So you got me on the bad side of music, where she's correcting my stuff and writing music. So I I agree with that wholeheartedly. You hang out with me. I'm on the wrong side, and you're you're editing my songs. You're doing these things, but just even skip that part of it. You go into a church, you're on deputation, and the music's off. What's usually off? What is that thing that takes you down the wrong road usually? Well, I've come more and more to the conclusion that God is so concerned. He's Yes, our music needs to be glorifying to God, and I'm not discounting that. But you can have, quote-unquote, good music, good music that fits every, quote-unquote, godly music standard, and that church can be completely dead and dry. Mm. And, again, I come back to if our heart is, you know how David said in Psalm 131, Lord, my heart is not haughty. And if our heart is, is haughty, if our eyes are lifted up, if we have an attitude of we've achieved godliness, yeah. Every quote unquote good godly music standard in the book and be completely dead. You can be, um, I think that's where lukewarmness comes, where mm-hmm. you're you're increased with goods. And I don't think I don't think the Laodicean church just was rich and increased with goods from a physical perspective. I really think the Laodicean church thought they had their their T's crossed, their Q's where they needed to be, and they were the epitome of godliness. Mm. Jesus said that they were poor, blind, and naked, and he wanted to spew them out of his mouth because he hates lukewarmness. Right. He said either be hot or cold. I'd rather be hot. Of course, that's what God wants us to be. Yes, and David wasn't perfect. You know, we we know from the life of David, he had made some really big mistakes in his life. He had some deep scars, and I'm sure he had incredible regrets. But David is the one who's called a man after God's own heart because his heart— constantly came back again to I want to be right with God I want to be all in for God and even with my mistakes you know God would rather take someone who's made mistakes and has repented and is on fire for him I mean look at the life of Paul and the baggage that Paul Mm -hmm. could have had if he had not laid it aside because of his past you can make mistakes God forgives 
and he gives you that second chance, that third chance when you come back to him with that humble heart. And if you're all in, in your heart for the Lord, your music will reflect that. And, you know, God didn't make us all the same. He didn't make us robots of each other. And um, the older I get and the more I'm in churches and things, the more it comes back to if my if I go into a church haughty looking for all of the ways that that church isn't exactly like me, I will miss the blessings that God has for me that day. Yeah. And um, so I think it just comes back again to if your heart's on fire for the Lord and not on fire for yourself or your standards or your whatever, if it's about your standards, it's pride. Yeah. And so, yeah. And I think, and, and, you know, all joking aside, when I said she had a deal with me, I wrote a song one time that was, uh, and and then there was God. And and (laughs) obviously once Stephanie listened to it, uh, her spirit, she said, Doug, now look at this. And I looked at that and I went, wow, you're right. Mm -hmm. So there's a check and balance. There's a check, and that song hit the cutting floor somewhere and uh, <laughs> never to be found again. But, you know, one thing I remember, so years ago I heard a brother, a music leader, Larry Carrier, worked for many years for Pastor Miller not too far from me. And uh, Larry Carrier was mentioned in a Sunday school class years ago, and he made this comment that we need to remember that the devil was the greatest musician in heaven. Mm-hmm. And we need to remember that music and uh, from the perspective of worshiping God through music, and this is something I need to remember. That's why I started that comment by saying, you know, you're squared away, accomplished musician, and I'm on this other no. side, and how do you keep people in, in these places? And I think the first thing we got to remember is that music can minister to people the wrong way. Music yeah. can set you down the wrong road. And that's the point I was trying to make here is, and I think Stephanie made a very good point of that. You can have the best of everything, but your heart needs to be right. If your heart's right, your music will be right. And so will your church. And, go uh, it goes together yeah. and, uh, and it goes together. I know we're up to our time folks, but listen, we're going to talk more to pastor Miller. And certainly this subject's coming up on this next one. We just want to keep on growing from his advice and what he's been through. And here I am mentioning information from a music leader that he employed for many years, probably the best music leader week in and week out of my entire life. And uh, he's in heaven. I think he went to heaven a couple few years ago now. And, uh, but Larry Curie was one of the best. So, uh, folks, listen, take the time to listen to everything Eric has to say. And if you're not sure, uh, if you're not 100% sure you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, please get this right. Call me, call us. Uh, get a hold of us on Help the Wounded Spirits. We'd love to do that for you. We sure do love you, folks. Listen to this new song we have for you. We hope it blesses your heart. May God bless you. Thank you. Folks, we're a little bit late trying to get that new CD out here, so we want to go ahead and give you one of our old favorites. I think it goes really well with this particular podcast.
Jesus care when I've tried and failed to resist some temptation strong when for my deep grief I find no relief though my tears flow Does Jesus care when I've said goodbye to the dearest on earth to me? And my sad heart aches till it nearly breaks. Is it ought to? Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth, and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, 
or to donate to help this vital ministry. Visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.